today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. People who are not mighty, who are not huge, who are not really powerful, and yet God fights the battles for them. There were giants in the land. There were warriors in that land. These were a slave people and desert wanderers, and yet God gave them victory. And that speaks to you and I, the very fact that, you know what, it ain't about me. It's about the might and the strength of my God and my willingness to trust Him and to move forward in Him. When the Israelites arrive in the Promised Land, they encounter giants and walls. Even though it was the Promised Land, there was still a battle to be fought. We also face various barriers when we make our decisions to follow Jesus. In today's message, Pastor David will be teaching that it's not about our ability to fight these giants, but it's the greatness of our God that helps us conquer our battles. As the Israelites, we are also small and powerless, but we have a mighty God whose power is manifested in our weakness. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Joshua Intro Part 1. A new book is always fun. It's always fun for the teacher because you want to give kind of an introduction, kind of an overview of the book. You want people to kind of understand what's going on before, what's going on during, why the book was written, all of those kinds of directions. We're going to touch on a whole lot of things before we even get into the book of Joshua. We're going to be touching on why this book was written and some really, I believe, important things that we find right off in the book of Joshua that are going to talk to our hearts. I believe that Joshua is probably one of the most powerful books in the Old Testament that that you and I can learn, that we can glean from, that uh, again, we can get life in our life, a drive in our life, a focus in our life. The understanding that for the book of Joshua, the events that are going on with the children of Israel, man, that speaks right to us, right where we're at right now. As we read about the children of Israel, the Hebrew children that were leaving out of the bondage of Egypt, they went for the years of wandering in the wilderness until finally it comes to that point, they're going to be able to cross in to the land of promise. And as they cross in to that land of promise, guess what? We read about battles, we read about attacks, we read about victories, but we also read about defeats for the children of Israel in the land of promise. We see the very principles in play, the principles of God's kingdom being played out in real life, in real events. Again, these aren't just 
stories, they're not myths, they're real events of real people, real lives that were lost because of one man's sin, real victories that were gained because of the people that are moving in faith and a God who's mighty and able not only to defeat the enemies before them, but to then preserve them even in that land. The promises of victory and the promises of blessing during the times of obedience, as well as the reality of defeat and separation in those times of disobedience. Now that right there speaks to us, doesn't it? That when we walk in obedience, when we're living our lives in obedience, we are much more likely to see and experience victories in our life than when we're walking in disobedience. That's just the reality of the way the principles of God's word works in our lives. We see the history of the people of Israel. We're going to see patterns, we're going to see metaphors that can be applied to our own spiritual lives in each one of our journeys. Let me ask you here, now I want a show of hands. How many of you have come to Christ, you've dedicated your life to Christ, you've become a believer, you've become a Christian, born again, for less than a year? Anybody in here, less than a year? Okay, one, two, three... Okay, a few. How about less than five years? Same ones can raise their hands again. Some of you might be, come on, less than five means less than one, two. Okay, so uh, less than ten years. Raise your hands, less than ten. Okay, I'm going to jump up really big. Twenty or less, okay? Okay, over twenty. Wow, okay, so you guys ought to know this stuff. So... You guys, the five years and less, let's go on in the other room. We'll chat about this. These guys know this stuff. And since you know it, you're living it, right? Don't we wish that that were true? I wish it was true in my own life that I lived everything that I knew. But it's like I've shared with you time and time again. The older I get, the more I realize it's not more information I need. It's obedience that I need. I know plenty enough to be disobedient about, really. So I just need to walk in obedience. And for all of us, that's the truth. We're going to see in this book of Joshua, going into the promised land, this breakthrough. After they've wandered in the wilderness for the 40 years, and after they've been in bondage for 400 years, God is bringing them into something new, something fresh, something that's alive for them. No longer under the bondage, no longer wandering in wilderness, but now coming and and finding purpose and finding direction, finding home, finding home. And I know that a lot of you here, we still have some winter visitors. Uh, Most everybody in Casa Grande is from someplace else. Really, it's true. How many of you pretty much born and raised in Casa Grande? You've lived here uh, most all of your life. Okay, a couple of you, a couple of you. Do you know there is a world outside there, outside of him? Okay. Just checking, just checking. To find home, to find the place that is your home. Find a place that can settle down and, again, you can see generations of family growing. That's what we're going to see as we get into this book of Joshua. People who had been slaves of another culture, had been wanderers for 40 years, are now coming into home. The book of Joshua takes us from the death of Moses on the far side of the Jordan River, and then on into that initial conquest into the promised land, the reward of of Caleb and uh, because of his faithfulness, he and Joshua. 
we find a clear division of the land as the different tribes take different positions and places within the land. We find a little bit later a possible civil war between the tribes of Israel. And we go all the way to the death of Joshua through the book here. And you can divide the book fairly easily into three different parts. And if you're taking notes, this might be a good time to write down some stuff. Part number one would be chapters one through four. Chapters one through four. This is a section that deals with pretty much their initial entrance into the promised land. People no longer under the bondage of Egypt as slaves to Pharaoh. They're now a free people. They're being led by the one true God, Jehovah. They've been led in a physical sense by the man Moses, who had received from the Lord that call of God to lead them out of Egypt and to the promised land. But Moses is now dead. And he's passed on that responsibility of leading the people to the hands of his second in command. The people under Joshua's leadership, they now move from being those desert wanderers to living in Canaan. Remember, Canaan, that land that was described as what? Do you remember? What did it say? A land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, Sounds like a great place. Uh, When they sent the spies out, remember they came back and on the good end, the spies came back with this deal of grapes that was so big, two men had to carry it. That's pretty exciting. They brought back several other things of the goodness, of the sweetness of the land, the blessings of God that were awaiting them. But what had happened? Oh, there's giants in that land. There's giants in that land. I want to tell you right now, the the thing that we're going to see in the book of Joshua is, yeah, there are giants in the land. And yeah, there are walled cities in the land. But you know what? We have a God who's greater than the giants, a God who's greater than the walled cities. And in your life, as you move forward in your life in Christ, as you desire more of the Lord in your life, you desire to be more obedient, you want to see the blessings of God in your life, you know what? There's going to be giants in that land. And there's going to be walls that are going to keep you from progressing in your spiritual life. But you know what? We serve a God who's bigger than those walls, and he's bigger than those giants. The people under Joshua's leadership, they're now moving into this land. And this comes at a time and point that for them, they need to make a deep commitment. They need to make a a personal sacrifice. There needs to be a willingness in their lives to follow through even as life and all of the battles of life become almost too much to bear. There's going to be some hard times as they're securing that land. It's not just a piece of cake. It takes commitment. And in the same way, it takes commitment for you and I to live the life that Christ has called us to live. If anyone told you, come to Christ and all of your troubles will be solved, they lied to you, okay? Let me maybe be the first one to tell you. They lied to you because not all of your problems are going to be solved. There's going to be things that the Lord is going to allow you to go over. There's going to be things that God is just going to take out of your way. There's going to be other things in your life that he's going to allow you to be squeezed right through because it needs to work in you and build in you certain characteristics, certain strengths in your life as you live your life, as you travel your life for Christ. For us, in a spiritual sense, it speaks of us taking that determined step in our lives, in our spiritual lives, to go beyond just being saved. 
If you were saved more than 20 years ago, how much difference is there in your life today than there was five years ago or 10 years ago? Or my goodness, 20 years ago. The sad reality in much of the church today, much of the church, I'm going to say it even more, the major portion of the church today is that the church is a people who got saved and sat down. And they didn't press forward. They might have made it out of Egypt, but they settled in the wilderness. And they never pressed forward into the promised land. The vast majority of the church is that way. And even you and I, as we're listening, we need to consider, where am I? How long have I truly been saved? How long have I known the Lord? And am I still just hunkering down in the wilderness, finding a place of satisfaction in the wilderness, rather than realizing the promises of the promised land of what God has ahead of us. It's taking that determined step to be a full disciple of Jesus, to be led, to be empowered by his Holy Spirit. The life of a true disciple requires that you and I take a deep and a true commitment and a willingness to follow through, a willingness to die daily in order that Christ might live in us. It takes that dogged determination to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, even as life and the battles pour in like a flood. And I guarantee you, about the very time that you determine, you know what, I'm going to go all in for Jesus. I, I'm, I'm just going to lay this other stuff down. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I guarantee you, the battle will grow stronger. Okay, That's just a promise of the Word of God you can stand on tonight. Okay, It's not a very happy one, but it's the reality of it. Why? Because the enemy is really happy when you and I get settled down in the wilderness. Because we're not impacting anybody this side of the Jordan. It's only when you and I press in to the Lord, press beyond the Jordan, that we start impacting the world for the kingdom of God. Part two. Part two is chapters 5 through 22, the main body of the book. It shows, again, those very battles, the, the victories as well as the defeats that Israel is going to experience. And the great thing is, I love the fact that it, it doesn't hold anything back at all. It shows us the times how people with good intentions, they began well, but soon they began to fall by the wayside. Good intentions are not what gives you strength and empowerment in your walk in Christ. But at the same time, it also shows us very clearly how a people, very small, very incapable really within themselves, can fully live their lives as more than conquerors. A people who are not mighty, who are not huge, who are not really powerful, and yet God fights the battles for them. There were giants in the land. There were warriors in that land. These were a slave people and desert wanderers. And yet God gave them victory. And that speaks to you and I, the very fact that, you know what? It ain't about me. It's about the might and the strength of my God. 
and my willingness to trust him and to move forward in him. This is where we learn that even though the walls of these cities and the giants of the land, they might seem strong, they might seem large, they might seem powerful, they're truly nothing compared to the greatness of our God. And what I want you to see in this study, too, is the greatness of your God. And if your God is not great enough to pull down the walls of Jericho without a single chisel or hammer going after it, if your God isn't strong enough to stop an army dead in its tracks and to have them be defeated before the army of Israel gets there, then, beloved, you need to increase your understanding of the almighty power of Jehovah, our God, because he is more than able to do these things. We see it. We read about it. I believe there's some of you guys here that need to experience that in your life. You just need to see God do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever think or imagine. But bam, God does it. It can't be explained any other way other than God did it in your life. And you can give him the praise. It's here that we're going to see how though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. They are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We look at the world and we think, I'm not able to do this. I don't have the ability to do that. But again, it's not in your ability. It's not in your flesh. It's not in your strength. It is the strength of Almighty God. It's in this section of all of these battles where we're going to see how God can take even our bad situations and turn them around into blessings. Things where we mess up, and God turns around and blesses. We've started carrying Reverend Bula from Hawaii on Grace 91.1. And the other night I was listening to him, and one of the things he kept saying is, God wants to take your messes and make them blesses. And I thought, hey, we'll go for that, okay. It's God who can... Make all things work together for good. It's God that we can entrust our messes and find a blessing in the midst of that. This is where we see how how God provides for his own and how the whole of Israel working together in harmony as a great nation works against the enemy. And yet at the same time, they can slip back into selfishness and fear. That's why for us it's so important that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We see when Israel was gathered together, God used them as a mighty force. But when they started separating, becoming so separate and everything, they started getting all kinds of defeats. That's why it's so important, as the word says, man, we come together, we assemble together, exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. It's from this section, the main body of Joshua that we're going to see ourselves in the midst of our daily battles. I think every one of us today, we can say, have you had a battle today? You might say, how many, Pastor, and what hour? We've had battles. We go through battles. Some days are worse than others. Some days you feel like you have been on the front line from the time your feet hit the floor to the time your head hits the pillow. 
It just seems like you're on the front lines. There's other days that, man, the enemy just comes and it's like guerrilla warfare. Everything seems to be going fine. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, an attack comes. I want to tell you this evening that as we look through the book of Joshua, one of the other things that we're going to see here is that he who promised is faithful. And as he promised the children of Israel, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to defeat the enemy before you. And I've got a land that I'm giving you that he is faithful who promised that. And we can walk in that promise. Part three, the last portion of the book of Joshua is the last couple of chapters, chapter 23 and 24. And here we find the nation, 12 distinct separate tribes living as one at least for a season. Then during the time of the judges, the tribes seem to act and and respond separately, but that's beyond Joshua. It's when they start falling apart that, again, more problems come, and they live in apart as separate tribes until the time of Samuel the prophet comes, and he kind of draws them back together again. Factions, divisions within the nation of Israel, within the people that God called together. Does that happen in the church? Praise God, not anymore, right? We've all matured. I mean, after all, we're believers 10 years and beyond. We don't have factions. But there is still factions. That's why the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth, he said, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Why is that so important, that the church of Christ be together? Because the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. And most of you, you've seen the National Geographic movies of, you know, the poor little uh, gazelle. You know, he's out wandering and he's over here and, uh, oh, that looks pretty good. The crowd's over here, but he sees something really nice over here. And so he kind of wanders over there and bam, the lion nails him. Why? Because he got away from the crowd. He got away from the group where the strength is for you and I. You struggling in your life? One of the greatest, man, tools of the enemy. Just to say, man, I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm so embarrassed. I, I failed so miserably. I've, I've done something that's so embarrassing. I don't want to go there. You know what? You set yourself up for another fall. You set yourself up for continual struggling and stumbling. That's why I say, man, when you fall, and we all fall at times. When you fall, fall forward. Fall into the arms of Christ. Fall into the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. And if anybody in this fellowship, this is just for you guys, if anybody in this fellowship gives you a hard time about it and doesn't come and start strengthening and encouraging you, let me know, okay? Because they're the ones that have the problem. They're the ones that have the problem. We need to be encouragers to each other. For too long... The church has been, you've heard the saying, they're the only army in the world that shoots its wounded. You know, for way too long the church has been that way. We are called to be together. Paul shared a similar concern with the church at Philippi. He says, if there's any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded. 
Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday School. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you. Small